Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Araminta Show. Welcome to a brand new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia. And I'm Kevin. I'm Christina. And we have ourselves a very special guest. Uh, for our guests, we have voice actress, we have entrepreneur, we have, um, you know, pretty much a whole bunch of things. So she is the voice of Betty Boop. She is the voice of Chibiusa. She's the voice of Harmony from Hi Hi Puffy Yami Yumi and a whole bunch of things. So we have Sandy Fox. So Sandy, welcome to Casual Chats. You're very welcome. So, um, I guess we'll start things off with a very simple question. So, where did you get your influences for acting? Oh, wow. I would have to say, um, well, growing up, watching the Carol Burnett show. Uh, I just, I yes. loved Carol Burnett. Um, I was, you know, uh, a TV child in the 70s, so the Muppet show. And I, I was very, very young. Like some of my first TV influences, it sounds really crazy. Um, but the, on the Dean Martin show and Laugh-In, like those kind of shows, I remember being in kindergarten and wanting to be a dancer on the Dean Martin show. So for <laughs> my, I'd say I was a child of the variety show era. And I, I mean, every variety show that you could imagine, um, the Donnie and Marie show, I'm kind of aging myself, but it's true. I mean, that style of fun comedy, you know, creating all these wacky characters. Um, there was really nobody like that Carol Burnett show. I mean, that was really, really a big influence on my life. And, and I love the Muppet show and I eventually in the early 90s got to appear on the Muppet Muppets Tonight like the re revision of the Muppet show so it does show you like where you focus your attention becomes you know you can manifest that in your life so <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh my god that's so cool I have to say um, Sandy Betty Boop has been my nickname since I was born um, oh. so <laughs> oh <laughs> But yeah, my mom decided with my curls and my eyes, I look like Betty Boop. So um, that has a very special place in my heart. Um, and so that must be a blast inhabiting that kind of character who is so iconic and, and, and so, so well known. Um, what was that experience like getting getting to voice that type of character? 
Well, you know, Betty Boop has kind of been a thread throughout my career. When I was, I was working, I was right after high school, I moved to Florida. I'm from Pittsburgh. I moved to Florida to work for the Walt Disney Company. And then part-time at night, I was working at one of these little kind of uh, pubby restaurants called Bennigan's. I don't know if you've heard of Oh, I yeah. grew up in Florida. Yeah, yeah and, I'm currently, and I currently live in Florida. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, it's a Bennigan's or a TGI Fridays. It's that kind of a fun kind of pubby <laughs> kind of place. And so I was only 18 years old, and I was the hostess, and I was the girl on the microphone at 2.30 in the morning. Last call for alcohol, you know. <laughs> so this man walks up to me. He's like, why, gee? And he's wearing this paper hat and this bow tie. And he's like, you sound just like Helen Kane. And I'm like, who? I'm like, who in the world is Helen Kane? And she she was one of the many voices of Betty Boo, but she also was a pop singer. She was like the Madonna of the 20s. And so oh. he's like, do you sing? And I'm like, yes, I sing. And he's like, will you come audition for our orchestra? So that was my really first introduction to Betty Boop was like singing the songs of the 1920s and 30s and singing a lot of the Betty Boop songs. And I even got to sing. I got to open for Cab Calloway and um, like some of the greats, Ray Charles and Pete Fountain and Dizzy Gillespie singing with this Coconut Manor Orchestra all throughout Florida in the um, 80s. So, and then one time somebody said, can you dress like her? And so I put on a little, you know, I kind of cosplayed as Betty Boop and I put on a little Betty Boop wig and, and that's when I, I got the call if I wanted to come audition for Universal Studios, but it wasn't Florida, it was Hollywood. And um, so Betty Boop actually brought me to Los Angeles and Hollywood and really is where I launched my voiceover career. So I was kind of voicing her and being the living Betty Boop and touring and throughout Japan and Europe uh, for Universal Studios and all of that had to be you know I had my voice and likeness had to be approved by uh, King Features and the Hearst Corporation and then they started doing some more animated um, projects and so they called me so it was yeah it's very exciting Betty Boop is the queen of cartoons. She is the <laughs> original cart talking cartoon. So it's just an honor to um, bring her back to life and, and to do kind of the new modern twist on her. And yeah, it's really, really fun. So I'm always, always grateful when I get a call. Can you do Betty Boop? One time they called, they called one time and they said, "Can uh, you're going to be recording this Lancome commercial, but we need you to be in Paris. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is, okay, sure. <laughs> we, we, so, uh, wow. yeah, so really, really fun. And there's some, there's some more fun Betty Boop um, things coming out that I can't talk about, but Ooh. they're kind of confidential, but you'll see they'll be released. And then also I just finished a series of five singing animated Betty Boop toys which are phenomenal. They're velvet and, and satin, and they're, they're moving, and her little dog Pudgy is there. But if you go to ChantillyLane.com, 
mm-hmm. you'll get to see them. And they're really, really cute. And I'm really proud of all of them. And I, uh, my husband, who's also a voice actor and director and a musician, Lex Lang, we wrote some of the songs together for the Betty Boop toys. So definitely check them out if you're a Betty Boop fan. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was Chantilly Lane, you said? That's the yeah, ChantillyLane.com. Um, they do sing, they specialize in singing toys and they did a Betty Boop series. So, yeah. <laughs> Look out for that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, can the Muppet Show? Yeah, I would like to know what was your experience like on the Muppets Tonight Show? That, because I'm a oh. diehard. Dance. Oh my gosh, it was so exciting, and I had a scene with Kermit, and of course you can like Google it on YouTube, yeah. um, a scene with Kermit, but I was, uh, we were the Raiderettes, we were like a spoof on the cheerleaders, the Los Angeles cheerleaders, the LA Raiderettes, and we were Grouper's cheerleaders, so uh, Grouper the Fish. So basically, he was trying to steal the radio station, I mean, the TV station, the Muppets TV station. And so um, what's really interesting when you work uh, on a stage with puppets and, and, and the Muppets is that you're literally on a raised platform and because all the puppeteers are under the floor below you. And then I had to hit Kermit with a makeup powder puff. <laughs> I know, and they kept saying, hit him harder. I'm like, no! <laughs> I don't want to hit him. It was really, really amazing. That was the episode. Don Rickles was the star, the guest star, and um, I didn't get to actually interact with him, but it was, you know, that was such a cool, I think that was a really good revival of The Muppet Show. It was in, you know, in alignment with the Muppets, you know, comedy style and kind of that slapstick style. And it was really well written. So, yeah, it was really fun. Really, really. Awesome. And a dream come true, like bucket list dream come true. It's so. <laughs> amazing. can imagine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, do you guys have any other questions? Uh, well, real quick, I, I'm just curious as well, Sandy, um, kind of your um, your experience. Now, doing voiceover work is obviously sort of a different, um, it's a different horse than just performing on stage or in movies. Did you, did you ever find it more difficult kind of being more isolated in, um, you know, in a booth, like recording voices to get into a character to inhabit it? Was that ever... Um, difficult process to go through for you or are you just able to sort of get there mentally to you know to to do all these different kinds of voices um it was definitely a different process it was definitely um when i was working at disney i was performing on stage and shows like fantasy follies and mickey's birthday show and i did a lot of character work i was like a comedic character actress there and worked in some of the improv shows and um the adventures club like you know creating this these characters so i was always uh, you know i always had fun with that i did that for conventions too uh my live stage work but so yeah I was good at create the characters that you know creating the characters on the spot which is what you do especially in video games they'll mm-hmm. just show you a picture okay you're gonna do three characters today you walk into your 
profession and you've never seen them before. You don't know, you know, the director tells you a little bit about them and then boom, go create that character. That wasn't um, as that wasn't the challenge for me. The challenge, like you said, was you're not able to use your physicality to convey the emotion or the acting of that character. So it all has to come through your voice. And, um, yeah, so that, that was a little bit of an adjustment for me. And I do, I did, I, I really enjoy performing on stage. I enjoy the audience. So you don't have that. The only feedback you have is like you and the director in the booth or, um, you know, the producers in the room. So it is a little bit different, but, uh, but it's fun. It's fun because um, this year I'll, I'll turn 55 in July and I'm playing nine, I play nine-year-olds I play 15-year-olds really there's no limitation as to who you can be you can be a little bug, a little air, singing airplane, you know, <laughs> you know? so that's, that's the really exciting part as an actor that um, my potential you know, scope of roles is, is so unlimited, you know? Right. So that's pretty, there's no limitations, uh, when you're doing voiceover. So, you know, just your range or your characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get cast a lot for my voice being the cute voice and they'll, I'll walk into the session. They're no, we want your voice. We want you to use your voice, you know? So a lot of people are amazing and can do any accent and any style. And I'm, I'm more cast for my cuteness and my cute voice and the purity (laughs) and the heart that I bring to the projects you know I do like working on kids projects so hey it's worked out I gotta say (laughs) yeah it's worked out yeah it's worked out (laughs) that's wonderful um anything else Kev I would like to know like if you have any um someone who like you say would influence you in voice acting as anyone you admire um while you were working if there was anybody you work with and you were like wow that that you know that he's awesome or she's awesome well, I know you guys are big fans of this Told by Ginger. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. I mean, um, that was one of the first shows I was casting when I moved to L.A. That was, you know, one of the first. And, um, you know, working with Lorraine Newman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, after seeing her on Saturday Night Live and just, the, you know, the immense talent in the room with Cree Summer and um, Melissa Disney. Um, I uh, I am one of those, uh, I'm a student of life. So anytime I'm, you know, working, I am always learning. Like everyone's a teacher to me, you know, in my life. So um, I try to just soak it in and just watch and learn. And, and so Gray Delisle is another um, voice actress that is just really so unbelievable and, and really can do so many different characters. You know, she can just turn into them right in front of you. So I really admire her. But there's so many. Um, I really admire my peers in, in this industry uh, because they they do have to kind of transform into those characters on the spot. And, and they're always creating amazing characters and it's just all conveyed through the voice so yeah it's really it's really it's really fun to be in sessions and 
I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm sure that you probably have. I mean, um, we've had, actually interviewed various as told by Ginger voice actors in the podcast we're in between, and every single one of them so far has talked about how amazing Emily was and how hilarious Jackie Harris Greenberg was voicing Macy and a whole bunch of things. And also, um, we were also talking about, like, you know, what was their personal favorite episodes? Do you recall on that? You, you know, what, what episode meant a lot to you when you were either recording it or when you watched it? I think it was record. I think it was the little seal girl. Yes. The little, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I mean, but it was, you know, my part was much smaller. I was just kind of in Courtney's gang and everything. Sure. But, um, oh, yeah. And um, I remember I remember being directed by Charlie Adler. Oh, no. Okay. I actually have a funny story about this. So Jackie actually told us the story. So... Um, she told us about how every time there would be a different director, you know, sometimes Mark Risley would direct, sometimes Erica Samira would direct, and then there was the time in which Charlie would direct, and then Charlie would say, okay, you're going to do this scene, this scene, this scene, and, and Frank in the basement or whatever, and I'm like, oh my god, did he really just say that? Oh yes, Charlie is, um, he, you know, I actually studied voice acting with him, uh, he had a class with Chris Zimmerman, uh, his energy and his passion I mean it really is like being in the room with Robin Williams because and I actually got to meet Robin Williams when I was working at Disney he came to one of our shows and came backstage with his kids and I mean he was on he was on and he was performing and he was you know just one joke after the other and um, Charlie has that essence and that energy and that that incredible talent so yeah he you just never know it was always naughty what was coming out of his mouth you know but fun and just um off the wall and his energy just really drove those episodes you know that he directed and he, he's an incredible director incredible actor but incredible director wow i can imagine so yeah wow. i was really lucky to study to take his class and uh, another um chris zimmer was a another um, voice director. She does a lot of video games now, I think under another name, but she was one of my first um, voice acting teachers. And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. But, yeah, I love, love working on that show. I just love going into the sessions because I was such a fan of Cree Summer's music. Um, yeah. And she, I forget the name of her city, something about um, Pirate Fairy or something. Do you guys know her first CD? Um, oh, not off the top of my head. Oh, it's so good if you get a chance to hear it. Um, I think she she released it and through Sony, and it was in the, in the late 90s. But oh, it was street, street Fairy. Street Fairy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. I still love those songs. Timeless amazing amazing voice um and songwriter so yeah i just yeah, i always i just love going into told by ginger that was fun those oh, yeah. were fun that's, that's awesome <laughs> and Zupo, you know they were still i think doing rugrats i mean i mean the shows that they produced i think they were really good quality you know story-based shows and emily was great to work with and I still see her name in credits. I don't. I don't know what she's doing now, but I mean, I know she's still writing. And yeah, she's working on a new show for ABC now. So that's. I think it's going to be yeah. released next year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, she moved into like live action, right? Yes, like sitcom. she's been doing a lot more live action. She does Suburgatory. She did Selfie, and now she's working on a new oh. show. 
cool. Well, she's super talented and super, super nice lady. So that was really fun to like be there. That was her first show, I think, as told by Ginger. Yeah, so I think that's- it was. Yeah, because she was a writer on other TV shows. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Very cool. So, yeah, um, do you guys have any other questions? I, I have a question. So, um, back to the whole Betty Boop thing. We, we know that the original, like, Max Fleischer cartoons, like, you know, I, I mean, I love them because they were just, like, so, I mean, they were funny and they were so surreal and they inspired, like, a lot of animators. Do you think if, like, Betty Boop would fit in today's modern times if they were to do that, including, like, say, you know, Pudgy and Coco and Bimbo and all the, the Max Fleischer characters from the Betty Boop series, would they fit in, like, today's time period? Like, would people get those? Because I love them. And I think, like, Betty Boop, like you say, she's such a, a, an amazing, she's the queen of cartoons, and she's an icon. And, and like, we're, and we live in a generation where everything is being rebooted and remade. Mm. How, would, how would you feel? Because, I mean, you're, you're amazing as Betty Boop, and, and it's, when you hear it, it's, like, so identical to the original voice actress. Do you feel like today, if they were to do Betty Boop, how would that be? if she would fit in like today's times? Well, I think those are the conversations they've been having. And I think on some of the recent um, animated projects I'm working on for them, um, I can't talk about what they actually are, but that was it. What is the, what is her modern twist? And she is kind of like, um, you know, I think what they're saying is she's like the little diva showing, you know, showing everybody how to do it. You know what I mean? What's glamorous? Because she's everything. She's glamorous. She's smart. You know, I mean, and if you watch those old cartoons, uh, Mae Questel was the main voice. And how many different characters she did in those cartoons. I mean, she voiced Pudgy. She voiced some of the little babies and some of the little animals, you know, I mean, she, she would voice a lot of the characters, but she was always a strong uh, female role model, but she was also kind of like, they say a little bit of Shirley Temple, a little bit of Mae West, you know? And um, I think, I think cartoons too, uh, at that time, you know, did have a little bit of a political message or a little bit of a message. And so, um, I think a modern day take on a Betty Boop cartoon would just show her as this, you know, this super talented singing. I mean, Betty Boop played piano. She sang. She danced, you know. Um, so I think she that would be her, like that New York, you know, Broadway baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I know in the Lancome commercial, if you get a chance to see that, you know, um, the the mo- the supermodel was asking Betty Boop, you know, she was kind of coaching her on the power of being glamorous and it's all in the eyes and, you know, <laughs> this is, and this is how you do it, you know. Um, so that's kind of cool, you know. So she's kind of the go-to, you know, original, how to be glamorous in Hollywood and <laughs> all things, you know. Famous, <laughs> right. the little diva. She's very grounded. I mean, Betty Boop's very grounded. Yeah, she so, has that innocence about her too. You know, yeah, she does. She has that innocence and that kind of that earthiness, but she's still like you know a glamorous icon around the world. You know, it's that it's that sexy that 
you can bring home to mom and dad. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's that cute, sexy, you know, the kind of, like, I, I you know one of, one of my other, you know, uh, people I've looked up to as far as in my career is Bernadette Peters. And it all, you know, Betty Boop reminds me a lot of Bernadette Peters. I mean, Bernadette Peters is this gorgeous, beautiful, you know, sexy woman, but there's this, this sweetness and this cuteness about her that you just, that's just very endearing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Bernadette in concert actually. Wow. (laughs) And we have, friend who's, who loves Bernadette. She she considers her an idol, too. Yeah, that's amazing. She really is. And, it, you know, one of the things I admire in the industry is people that are so uniquely themselves. Because, um, you know what I mean? So uniquely them. Like, Bette Midler someone that comes to mind as well. You know, I mean, there she is just Bette Midler. And if you you might see somebody that reminds you of her, but she is, you know, so uniquely herself. Or Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin. Absolutely. <laughs> Another one, too. Just, yeah, so I think comedy was like a big um, part of my career. Like, I enjoyed doing comedy. I, like, enjoyed performing com- in com- comedic roles. Those were always fun for me. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, Patty, anything else? Well, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, just about a month ago, my friend and I, we were doing a Sailor Moon podcast, and we discussed about it in honor of its 25th anniversary. And I have to say that you are phenomenal as Chibiusa. Oh, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it was a little, you know, um, maybe a little nervous for First of all, they had these auditions and they were secret. Like we didn't know what we were reading for. And it was such a top secret project, the relaunch of Sailor Moon. And the, and the entire the cast was cast about six months before I was brought in. And, um, and I didn't know a lot about Sailor Moon. I didn't grow up with it, right? But I'd seen all the cosplay at shows at Comic-Cons and Anime-Cons. And, but I had watched like every episode and knew every single thing about every episode so they gave me a little clip to watch and then i said you know what i don't want to watch somebody else portray chibiusa let me just do my own take on it and and um and i didn't watch the japanese either and i'm kind of taking that um uh, approach to this role that i'm kind of on the journey with my character so that's pretty exciting so um so, um, yeah, so I love voicing Chibiusa. I'm really enjoying it. We're still in the middle of it. We still have quite a lot to record yeah. in Crystal and Sailor Moon R. So, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. But it's such a great, I mean, great stories. I tell people that I feel like this is the Star Wars of anime just because of the following and the influence and these core primal stories that are, are reaching people all over the world in so many different nations and languages. And um, it's really phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have to... I'm sorry? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was worried. Do we lose the other team? Uh, no, they had, no, they had to go. They had to meet up with their friend. So... Okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah, they just said... Uh, they just... Oh, hello? There you guys are. I thought that... You, 
Uh, the call dropped. Hello? Hello? Hey. You guys, did, I, I, sorry, we lost you there for a second. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> the, um, anyway, I was just... Um, yep. He was talking yeah, about Tiki yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so I was just about to answer... Um, yeah, I think, you know, just when rewatching, you know, the series again, and then I finish watching through Crystal, I have to say that, um, you know, Chibiusa's portrayal in Crystal is hands down the best that I've ever seen as a character, and, and you know, just how she portrays herself, I mean, compared to the original, of course, but, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, you you relate to her as such a character that, you know, she's going through a lot, she has to... I mean, she is basically the daughter of the princess of the of, of Neo Tokyo. I mean, of Crystal Tokyo, and she is nine hundred years old. But yet, at the same time, she can't grow up and she can't fulfill her, you know, p possible destiny. And it's just, you know, it, it's really sad. But and you get to see that in the episode. And when it, she eventually turns into Sailor Chibi Moon, and she finally realizes her powers and those moments when you do feel sympathy for her, it just really spoke to me in a way that I had never seen before. And I think that your 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 portrayal of her is definitely what kind of sold it to me. Wow, thank mm -hmm. you. That really means a lot. Um... Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the questions I get asked most at cons when we're on panels is, um, do you relate to your characters? Did the life story of your character ever, you know, in your life story, you know, have you had some of those experiences? And, you know, I was, my parents were divorced when I was young. I was like seven years old. And I, and there is a sense of like, you know, my mom worked and had feeling that like you're on your own. And I, and I really felt like I connected to that, that mission in Chibiusa that she was like trying to figure things out and she was on her own, but she was just so driven mm -hmm. by that mission, you know, by, like you said, her destiny, her mission. So, you know, I do connect with a lot of parts of um, Chibiusa. So yeah, it's really an honor. Just like Betty Boop, I think in the anime world, I was just, I'm just so completely grateful and honored to be able to bring Chibiusa to life for this new um, series. And also so what Viz Media, who is phenomenal and is releasing the, the new Sailor Moon projects, is that they're keeping to the original manga. And they're not cutting anything out. They're not editing anything to be, you know, socially acceptable, which is, you know, totally out the window in 2017 because it's all socially acceptable now, which is so beautiful. You know, we're telling the real story and we're connecting with even more people um, around the world. It's, you know, it's diverse. We're diverse, you know. We're not all just in this box of, you know, so it's really nice to be so inclusive and to be so authentic and to really tell the story the way it should be told, you know, the way the author wanted it told. So that to me is so exciting. So. That is exciting for me too, especially since it took over 
10 years for that to happen. So I'm just, I'm just really excited. I mean, I was one of those people when I was a kid, I saw, you know, the original English dub on TV back when they aired it in the late 90s. I wasn't able to see it because I moved away. But then I got back to it many years later when doing the podcast with my friends. And now I'm in love with it all over again. So I'm just thankful for all the new actresses and actors and everybody who's involved with the project and all that stuff. And I'm just I'm just really excited now. So, yeah, thanks again, you know, for yourself and everybody who's been involved in it. Oh, thank you. Make yeah. sure to let them know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Carly. Check it out, too. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out, too. Me not being um, really, uh, I don't really know much about anime or or um, or manga or anything like that. So um, it'll be, I would love to definitely check that out and see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you should. You should really watch it from the beginning um, because yeah. you really, really get to a sense of the characters and each of their journeys and their strengths and their weaknesses and how this group of women support each other and really like, you know, coming together that we're stronger as together than we are on our own. So I love that mm-hmm. universality and that message that, you know, we all have each other's back and we look out for each other and we're much better when we're all working on this together, you know, and it's, it's really, it's, mm-hmm. there's so many good messages in it, you know, especially for today and for the world. So, um, I, I think it's good. And, and I love that the entire show is women. Even the monsters are women. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've worked in voiceover over 25 years now, and, you know, women don't get cast in those roles. I mean, those roles. I mean, you'll see the Marvel Universe is now expanding, and they have DC girls, Supergirls, and, um, but, you know, really, the roles for women have always been much, much less than for men. And it's just so incredible that there's guys going, how can I get on that show? And they're sorry, all the monsters are girls. There's a couple oh, guys in there. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Kev. Okay, so, yeah. Sorry, Kev. It's pretty cool the way she <laughs> Yeah, she really empowered women. That show empowers women. So, yeah, it's great to be part of it. Mm-hmm. You guys have any uh, other questions? So- no. No. All right. Um, I, okay. Thank you so much. All right. So I think I can just wrap things up. So um, I have two more questions. So one, who have been your favorite characters that you ever portrayed? And finally, two, what advice would you like to give to up-and-coming actors, whether it be voice actors or stage actors or whoever? Okay. <clears throat> well, I think we answered my two, so far, my two favorite characters would have to be Betty Boop and Chibiusa. Um, I also loved playing an anime character named Sumomo in Showbits. Um, um, I really loved playing her, and um, I did get to voice Hello Kitty, bring a voice to Hello Kitty uh, last year, so that was pretty exciting. But yeah, all always always honored anytime I get a call for a Betty Boop project or to go in and do a voice Chibiusa. And as far as um, my advice for actors, um, up and coming actors or people that feel called to be an actor, um, one is so important, like I said earlier, to really just bring your essence. You know, we all have 
have our own unique vibration or, you know, that the Native Americans say you came here with your medicine or your energy. And that's what the world needs, not you to be someone else or to try to. Yeah, so the world needs what you were born with and your uniqueness and your gifts and your quirks and your talents and abilities. So I would say really like tap into what those are and then how you can bring that to your acting. Um, You know, a lot of Lex, my husband Lex and I teach a voice acting boot camp, uh, just uh, at some of our workshops on at anime cons and and in Los Angeles. And we always say the core Um, the core work of being a voice actor is being an actor. So all things that you can do to hone the craft of being an actor, uh, study improv, study acting, get into a, you know, a theater group, um, you know, really it's studying the craft of acting because voice acting, you know, I have a unique voice. A lot of voice actors have these amazing voices that they can do so many different things with, but it's not really the voice. It's the acting behind the voice. Like you said that you connected to that, um, you know, what was going on with Chibi Yusa in that episode. So yes. really what you want to bring is, is the life experience to the characters so so yeah that's what i would say um but really be yourself like really you know know yourself and and be yourself and bring that medicine to the world (laughs) absolutely yeah that's Mm -hmm. great Oh, uh, I actually got a question from my friend Arun Meha from the Arun Meha show. He asked, uh, "Can I ask you? Can I ask uh, Sandy for her thoughts on Wrecked Ralph and her opinion on the upcoming sequel?" Oh, okay. Well, Wrecked well, um, Ralph that was really fun um, because I I really feel like I kind of that Disney was my like I went to school at Disney like kind of like the Harry Potter school because right <laughs> high school I was seventeen. And my music uh, theater uh, drama teacher got me an audition at Walt Disney World in the entertainment department. And that's really what, you know, launched my career and changed my life just working there. And and like I said, I I learned from the best of the best in Disney, so detail-oriented and just all the shows and the directors I worked with. But um, so... Anyway, I okay. What okay? What was he asking the question? Um, what forget? are your What are your thoughts on Wrecked Ralph? And do you have any? Um, yeah, go ahead. Ask that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got a call. Do you want to come work on a new movie called Wrecked Ralph? And I was on the big Disney lot, so that made me so happy. But Wrecked <laughs> Ralph, um, there was um, I was in what's called the Walla Group or the ADR Group. So we did all those candies and all the extra little race car drivers. So there was about 26 of us. And the the A-list of A-list of voice actors were there. I mean, like, everybody you could imagine. Um, Jess Harnell from Animaniacs and Debbie Derryberry and um, Tara Strong and E.G. Daly and and Lorraine Newman and just all and Fred Tatashore and all these amazing voice actors where Billy West were in the room bringing voices to, so people think oh wow you just did the extra voices but if you saw who was in the room you would be blown away oh Winnie the Pooh Jim uh, you know Jim, Cummings yeah, was there Jim Cummings. so oh. I know right so so yeah so it you know those kind of um, that kind of work I also did it for Disney's Maleficent 
you go in after the movie's been shot and then you're there to fill a lot of the different voices in the background, like provide those voices. So yeah, the Wreck-It Ralph, that was amazing. It was a, it was a long day because there was a lot to cover. And um, I think Wreck-It Ralph 2 is going to be great. I mean, I think that was such a great film. Yeah. That's awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, 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 me too. All right, so I think that should be it. So please, Sandy, plug and promote your stuff. Oh, okay. Hey, well, come visit me at sandyfox.com. Follow me on Facebook. I'm just Sandy Fox or Sandy Fox World on Twitter. And, yeah, stop by, say hi, drop a little note. Um, yeah, and um, I'll be at the next uh, Anime Con. I'm, well, the next Comic Con I'm going to be at is Anime North in Toronto uh, the weekend of May 26th. The following week, I'll be in Philadelphia at Wizard World. And then the week after that, I'll be at Anime Next in Atlantic City. So looking forward to seeing everybody. Come out and say hello. Sounds great. Thank you again so much, Sandy. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, keep up the good work. Your podcasts are awesome. And, you you know, thanks thanks for sharing this with the world so thank you you guys have a great weekend thank you you. all right everybody that should be it for this episode of casual chats let us know in the comments below about your favorite projects that sandy has been involved in and uh hopefully we'll see you around soon and thank you for listening okay bye-bye bye-bye